and welcome back to Property Matters on iProperty Radio with myself, Carol Tallon. You can contact us on social media at iProperty Radio or indeed email hello at iPropertyRadio.com. And this week I'm chatting to Roshi McLaughlin and it's on sort of a post that I read on LinkedIn. Uh, Roshi, you're very welcome. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Uh, Roisin, the post on LinkedIn, I am a frequent user of LinkedIn and I have been around home buyers for almost two decades and your post stopped me in my tracks. So I'm going to let you take it from here. Um, how was the, the process of house hunting for you? Yeah, it was a process, <laughs> definitely. Uh, we could say that. I was very... Um... No, I've been saving for a long time. I started saving probably about five years ago, um, knowing that this was something I was going to do by myself. Um, not maybe seriously saving at the start and really kicked into it around the time of the pandemic and lockdowns and your social life goes down. So what else can you do but put money away? Um, but the, the process itself kind of fell into a couple of different categories. Myself, um, the bank was incredible. I have to say, I know banks get a lot of stick. Um, that was probably the, the best part of my journey. I oh, uh, Roshin, feel free to name them um, because <laughs> genuinely we want this to be helpful to home buyers. So if you found that you had a really good experience, yeah. please tell us about it. Of course, yeah. Well, I've actually got a permanent TSB. They're my own bank. Um, I had a fantastic mortgage consultant in there, Jack. Um, I actually met him in the October before I was kind of serious to looking for October, this time last year, really. Um, I set up a call and I kind of talked through what I need to start doing more seriously. Um, he couldn't have given me more information. He was um, so happy for me to go ahead. You know, he was trying to get me to go ahead with the mortgage application then and there. I wasn't quite ready yet. Uh, so we pushed back until the new year. And then I started really looking into the housing market probably January of this year, like deeply with, you know, um, a knowledge that this is the year I want to buy, this is the year I'm ready to buy. And so I started kind of mid to late January and I just, it just spiraled from there. And um, I was looking enough to get the approval, which was great. And uh, I know it's a tough time for people out there, you know, financially at the moment, a lot of layoffs happening. So I'm really glad that I did that when I did. And but, uh, Roshin, was that approval for three or six months? Uh, that was a six-month approval, yeah. And thankfully, going with my own bank, it meant if I did need to stretch that out again, uh, it was just a matter of uh, a resubmission of, of one or two forms. You know, there, I didn't have to go through all the paperwork over and over again. But I was very determined to not have to go past that. <laughs> so we started with the official approval in March, but I'd been looking since January. And I knew that if there was a house I loved, I could push forward with that approval sooner. Um, so the first house that I saw... I was looking in a very specific area, I will say. I wanted to stay close to my family home. Um, I wanted to stay close to friends. So I was being quite picky. I'm not going to lie. Just about the area. But I think you have to have one thing that you really have your heart set on. Um, I do get very jealous of those people who are like, oh, we're just going to look around and find the right home. But mine was, I'm going to look in this specific flooded market area. Um, and it really just kind of snowballed from there. You're doing all the usual things. You're standing in a queue of 40, 50 people outside a house, you know, blocking up that whole estate. And, you know, you're kind of being fed through the house and you can see the car these carpets are getting destroyed. That was my first experience with an open house was in a queue of about 50 other people um, on a um, Saturday morning. 
Roisin, can I ask? Well, first of all, uh, you were looking in the Dublin area. Do you want to say kind of a part of Dublin? Yeah, North County Dublin. I'm specifically looking at Swords. Um, and it's where I grew up, so I wanted to stay there. Okay, and you know, you're talking about joining queues of 40 and 50 people. Uh, what proportion of those, roughly, do you think were individuals looking to buy a loan um, or investors, or how many of those were, like yourself, uh, a home buyer who was looking mm. to purchase on their own? Yeah, I would say if there was 5%, you were lucky. Anybody who I thought was an individual buyer, you know, a, a single buyer themselves actually ended up, you could hear them on the phone, they were either talking to other people or they were trying to talk about uh, tenancy agreements, that kind of thing. So it was definitely a very small pool, uh, especially a very small female pool uh, of people my age kind of looking. If there was four other people like me, I would say that would be the most of it. And were, at any point, were you tempted to work with, um, you know, there's a number of buyer's agents now in Dublin and they're really gaining in popularity. Were you tempted, or and, and actually many estate agents now offer buyer's agency services, were you tempted to get a bit of support? I was, but I know the area so well that I thought maybe naively I could do this myself. You know, I, I've done my homework. I know the area like the back of my hand. I know the estate agents that are local. I know who's selling what and where. So I was quite determined just to do it by myself. Excellent. And so from that kind of initial early experience, um, well, I suppose before you started, how long did you think it was going to take? Uh, <laughs> I think at first I thought maybe like two, three months. And then as I started to go through it, I was like, this is going to take me two years before I find them. And the more you speak to other people, the more that starts to seem more realistic. You start to speak to people who were looking for four years and upwards and like that just shook me to my core. So four years, uh, you know, earlier today, I was actually interviewing somebody about a rental home and he described himself as lucky that he was able to find a rental property uh, within half an hour of the city centre yeah. uh, in two months. So I think it's amazing that you thought you'd be able to buy one in two months. But by the way, in a functioning market, you should be able to buy something within two months. Yeah, well, you know, this blind man is always there. I thought I was going in at the right time. I was told to start looking around the March time. More houses will come up because people will be selling homes with the idea that the, the child maybe goes to a new school in September. And, uh, you know, I'd, I'd taken all the advice. But yeah, though, the, the two month mark just flew by. That <laughs> was never going to happen. You know, Roshan, I'm surprised that you were given that advance or that advice because actually one thing we learned during the crash, so for the past 10 years uh, as the market has been recovering, the one thing we've learned is that actually there's no such thing as seasonality around the market, uh, you know, yeah. uh, that actually, and in my experience, uh, my personal experience, looking um, when people aren't looking, so for example, in December, that's a mm -hmm. great time, particularly if it's for an investor who wants to offload a property. This side Absolutely, of yeah. So I think the notion of seasonality is kind of gone with the possible exception of people waiting until September to put their property on the market. But Absolutely. other than that, yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a advice of bygone era. That's it. And you know what? It's just, it's whatever it is, it is, you know, there's no real determination of anything anymore. I think in the market that we're in, when you're hoping to start looking, you'll see all the houses. And when you do start, you see none. And then when you do get an offer accepted, you see all the houses. Do you think part of that is though, when you're looking, you're seeing the for sale boards or you're seeing the listings on Daft and my home, but actually, none of them are quick to reflect when a property is sale agreed. So if yes. you phone about it, it's actually not available. So 
if, if, if you're just kind of noticing in passing, you think there's more on the market than there is. But actually, when you pick up the phone and try to get a view and you realize that they're under offer or they're in negotiations with the final number of parties. Yeah. Um, so actually, you know, how long did it take for you to actually get to a point of bidding on properties? I, I started quite soon. Um, like I said, when something came up and it hit my criteria in the area that I wanted and I knew that it was within budget or I thought it was going to be within budget, um, I was quite eager to start an offer process. And um, so I did start my first offer in March and unfortunately it was outbid. Now, you know, it, it's all meant to be. And that house had actually, uh, the sale previously had fallen through on it. So it was unusual that it was even back on the market. And um, did you, sorry to interrupt, but did you bid close to the asking price? Did you go yes. in lower? Or you bid close I was to actually, the asking price? I, no, we actually went, uh, I started above asking. Even, um, though, even though it had fallen through previously? Yeah, so it was already above asking. I was the second or third bidder on it. Um, okay. So it was already at kind of 10K over asking. So then I came in and joined the bidding party and it kind of came down to myself and a couple and they had more budget at the time than I did. Um, I, I hope this isn't an unfair question to ask and certainly I don't want you to name agents on this, but did you find that some agents are better at dealing with competing bidders maybe than others? You know, in terms of transparency, technology things like that yeah I think there was definitely you know I had made I went through several offers before I found my my own home and some were very quick to respond and reassure you that they have one received your offer and others just don't want to talk to you unless you can give them a counter offer so you know there was one particular agency that were handling a lot of area of sorts and you know, as soon as I submitted our offer, they would confirm they'd received it, they'd get back to me as, as quickly as possible. And then there were others that would just say absolutely nothing. So you feel like you're just throwing it out there, uh, a figure out there, and you wouldn't hear back from them until you'd either been outbid or it was rejected. And um, so they were only coming back with the negative. And when you're dealing with like such a high volume of money and as a first time buyer, you definitely need the reassurance that, you know, someone's even seen your offer. So that was scary a lot of the time. Roshi, were many of the agents using things like, you know, um, online bidding became, you know, even for private treaty, mm. you know, really became the modus operandi during COVID. Mm. Um, so were many of the agents using that? Were you given the opportunity to, to bid online at any stage? No, actually, none of them were using that. It was all verbal. Um, it, it changed from one to one, but there was no system in place. It was very much just by email. Wow, that's that's amazing. And that's saying, hey, do you look, honestly, it's a source of frustration that actually we have tools to manage this process better. So like um, so much of what's dysfunctional in the marketplace now is outside of the control of the industry, um, you know, in terms of the genuine lack of supply, uh, lack of affordability, yes. um, competing bidders. You know, these are things that are outside of control. However, ensuring a positive customer experience. That is within the control of the agents and mm -hmm. not only is it within the control of the agents even overwhelmed agents can employ technology so that um you know that bidders and people who are house hunting have that sense of security trust yeah. transparency um so i'm really surprised to hear that not one of the agents you dealt with uh, or not one of the houses that you offer that you made a bid on that you were given the opportunity to do that online yeah, and in actual fact, that same house, um, when I had to step back because I couldn't engage any further in the bidding war, um, I, you know, advised, look, I am actively looking, I am mortgage approved, I'm in the area, I can, you know, see a house at the drop of a hat, can you keep me on your records and keep me up to date with any houses that do come up on the market, and I did not get a single response. 
So I presume then, if you weren't getting a response to properties that were actually going on the market, you probably didn't get a call about ones that were off market that we know the agents have. No, nothing. It was very much, you don't have the money, we're done. Okay, wow, that is, uh, do you feel that as a as somebody purchasing on their own, do you feel you're at a disadvantage maybe, uh, or even a perceived disadvantage mm-hmm. um, when being assessed, when your offer was being assessed against other offers? Yeah, do you know, I, I, don't, I don't, a lot of the times it wasn't so much in the offer stage. Um, I think a lot of the time it was during the viewing process. Um, or you know, just general information. You know, I I went into one house and they asked me, would my dad like to see it before um I I made a, a bid on it? Yeah, my dad has no idea about houses, so he worked in IT, so I don't know what that was going to do for them. Uh, and that's actually a really common theme. A lot of people reached out to me after my LinkedIn post to tell me that they started to not feel comfortable viewing a house alone because they weren't being taken seriously. Um, um very yeah. common. Roshan, that is outrageous. And I say that having worked as a buyer's agent kind of a, a decade and a half, nearly two decades ago, and having written the Irish Property Buyers Handbook for so many years in a row, you know, one of the, one of the things that we really tried to do was empower buyers. And while I'm not in that space for, for the last number of years, I cannot believe that you were asked, did your dad want to see it? Yes. Uh, please tell me, was that was that from a male or female agent or what age was that agent it was from a male agent yeah um i i had to know for every unfortunate instant i had some great experiences like there were some there are some fantastic estate agents out there who will keep you so up to date and who will send you information on upcoming properties that you know aren't on the market yet and they really value your time but for every one of them there seemed in my experience to be somebody who just did not take me seriously and it was all visual I'm a woman I'm 33 I'm also small and sometimes do look younger than I actually am but it was very much like they thought of me like a child like I went to interview another house and the estate agent opened the door and just turned around and went on his phone and uh, started sending messages and then actually a couple came in behind me about five minutes later and he was following me around like a puppy but like who's to say that we don't have the same budget to spend like that was purely bias and all you know coming from how I looked as a single person versus them um Roshan thank you for being so open with me because actually this you know ordinarily our show we feature the industry it's a business to business platform (laughs) we're industry we speak to the industry and frankly we don't feature the voice of the consumer often enough and that's that's our own failing um I genuinely appreciate you being so open because I truly hope that people listening into this will actually pay attention. Like there's a training issue here as well. So I think it is absolutely appropriate for any estate agents listening in to check with their team and make sure that actually all buyers are being treated with dignity and respect. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's just, it really is just kind of a basic thing and you know I'm not even going to ask how many houses you viewed because I don't expect you to know, don't know. That. <laughs> but how many how many properties did you kind of actively engage in bidding on uh in the end uh before the house that I bought there were four separate properties and um, that I was actively that I had bid on um so all, obviously all of them one I walked away from uh the others I was outbid on and uh, then it came to my final property. So I did. I wasn't, you know, I was careful on what I was bidding on, but it's also like there was an element of desperation when you were trying to buy a house within a set amount of time. And I think that's very much the power is in the real estate agent's hands. And all you're looking for 
you know, to be shown a bit of dignity or compassion. You know, I, I have the same rights as anybody else coming in to view this house. Um, so I think by the, the, the third or fourth one, I was like at the breakdown stage when, you know, you're sitting in your car, like, what am I doing? <laughs> but it felt like more, to be honest. That, that is just outrageous. Um, but on the other side of it, it was a negative experience that led to a positive outcome. Yes. So talk to me about the process of finding and falling in love with your current home. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I'm so happy to be in it and to be doing this interview from inside it. Um, so yeah, I it was actually, it was on the market for quite some time and I had viewed another property. Uh, so it didn't start very well. I had viewed another property by the same estate agent and he actually had never suggested this house. Um, so I wasn't asked to view it. So it's been on the market for an, online for a couple of weeks. And I thought I'd risk it. I thought at this stage, it's definitely going to be over the asking price, but it's worth the risk. I had just been to see pre another property. Um, so I was property mad. I've seen every house in Swords, I think. Um, and just something about the previous one didn't feel right. Mm -hmm. I, I, th I don't know if it was the layout, like the area is beautiful, but it was the layout or something about it didn't feel like a home to me. And then I rang last minute and I said, is this house still for sale? Where is it? It was at asking still. There was an offer at asking. And I asked to I view it and they said, if you can be here in 20 minutes. Um, so I ran. <laughs> and um, uh, Roshan, how close to the top of your budget was it? This, like, I actually ended up going over, but at the time it was right up there at the top. Um, so yeah, it was very much at the top, but it gave me hope that it was only at asking price at this stage, having been on the market for about a month. Um, so I walked in, I, just the minute I walked in, I was like, this is it. it so it, it felt like a home I'd already been in. Uh, I was also very lucky the previous owner wasn't here that often. So it was like very good quality for, it's a, it's a 22 year old house, but it, you know, there'd been so little done to it in a good way that everything was really high spec and everything was energy efficient. There was a new boiler put into it. So from that sense, it all worked. It was all, you know, put your stamp on it. That's all you need to do. There's no construction going on behind here. And Roshan, you mentioned there that the house was energy efficient, but given the God, I don't want to use the word trauma, but given the journey that you'd been on to get to that point, truthfully, yeah. how important was energy efficiency or the Not, at all. Not at all. It was, and to be fair, I've spoken to people about it as well. I've spoken to people in the know and said, like, I'm going to view two houses. One is you know, a C-rated, one is a D, and they said themselves, it's not going to make a difference. Like, go in there and do what you can as you can financially but yeah once it wasn't anything below a d i wasn't too concerned um anything below that i just knew i would have to spend more money sooner than i wanted to and um, thank you for being so honest about that because actually the truth is we all know um that there is a climate crisis at the moment and uh, across the industry we're trying to address this through retrofit and through improving the standards of new build homes um, but we know at a consumer level that actually it's such a it, there is such desperation out there that actually this is not even cracking uh, mm -hmm. the list of priorities. And that's absolutely understandable, um, given the shortage and the lack of affordability and the reduced yeah. mortgage options. And quite frankly, um, since you uh, secured your mortgage, mortgage options have greatly reduced in Ireland. So quite yes. frankly um you know you would have a tougher time if you were looking for a mortgage today and that's just Absolutely. reality yeah it's never a right time but i'm so glad that i got in there right before i start to see all these trends and the reduced offers now i know they're talking about moving to a four 
percent or four times uh, from January. But I think all you're doing is going to drive up the price of houses. So I was lucky I did it when I could, very much so. Um, Roshin, before we finish up, what bit of advice, and oh gosh, it's a bit unfair to ask you to give hope <laughs> to people who are still in the position that you were in. Yes. Um, but is there anything, is there anything positive from your experience you think you could share that would help people in that experience, that in that uh, stage today? Yeah, I think one thing was, is probably the anti-advice that you want, but everybody will try to give you advice. And not everybody knows what you're going through at this exact stage of a housing crisis in the housing market. You know, I have people giving me advice who have bought houses four years ago in Kildare and, you know, they, that just doesn't apply to me. So take in what you can from the right people. And the other is just be kind, but be aggressive. You know, I, I'm a nice, I'm a very nice person. I, I'm happy to chat to anybody, not to toot my own horn, but I'm happy to chat to anybody. And I've never been rude to anybody in any industry. I don't expect it in return, but my tactics were consistently changing and consistently aggressive. So if you're going in with one tactic and it's not working, you have to change. And um, so, you know, you start to go in and you start low to hopefully work it up to the asking to maybe only go a bit over that doesn't work. You go in high, that doesn't work. You go in that offer, that doesn't work. So just keep adapting. And as the market changes, you will find something that works for you. But also just don't give up because if I can do it as a single person, like really anybody can, just keep saving, put your head down and, and you'll get there. Um, and then maybe the, the more difficult part, is there anything you'd like to say to the industry? You know, what they need to be aware of in order to make this a less torturous experience. Yeah, absolutely. I just think, you know, there's there's constantly this power shift between the buyer and the estate agent and the seller, and there will be forever. It's a cycle that will continue forever, really. And I just think, you know, you have what people want. That doesn't mean that you can't treat them with respect and with kindness. You know, it doesn't take a lot for you to be busy, but respond to a message. And also just don't make assumptions about people. I think that's one of the worst things that we do. We make assumptions that, you know, somebody is a single person, so they're not a credible buyer. Or, you know, there I've seen plenty of other things that, you know, to me bordered on racism, which I just found shocking. But I would just say, you know, we're all each other's customers. And to treat each other with respect, you'll get to the best outcome. I think that that's amazing uh, note to finish on. And just before we end, are you looking forward to having your Christmas decorations to, to decorating the house for Christmas? Yes, I bought a tree earlier today. So I still need plenty of other things in my house, but I bought a tree today and I'm on Christmas dinner this year. So I love a one with priorities. I love it. Roisin, <laughs> congratulations, genuinely congratulations on your new home. And best of luck for your first Christmas in your new home. And Thank you so much for being so open and honest and sharing your journey with us. I, I really genuinely hope that buyers who are, are intending home buyers uh, take some hope in the journey that you've come through. And I genuinely hope that the industry pays attention maybe yeah. to what you've said, because, you know, um, like I said, so much is outside of their control. Mm -hmm. So what is within their control, we would like to see them do really well. Um, so thank you so much and um, congratulations on your new home. Uh, that you. was. That was Roisin McLaughlin. We need to take a quick break. Stay tuned. <laughs>